Podcast. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesley demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Stillwater. I mean, Wesley. Spoiler. Today we're talking Stillwater, a movie from 2021 available on video on demand and in theaters starring Matt Damon. You know, it's good to see Matt Damon back in action. Well, sort of action in a roughneck plaid shirt, beer gut, tight jeans kind of way. He's definitely beefed up for his role as the dad, Bill. Bill, as they say in French. I'm going to have a really hard time not lapsing into some accent during this review. A French accent? No, Oklahoma. Yeah, he was an oil rig worker, which is kind of hard to buy, just like Ben Affleck as a, as a what was he, a dockyard worker in The Way Back? Uh, yeah, construction, he was working on the bridge. Yeah, I don't really see these dudes as being like blue collar really? truck driver kind of guys. Because we were kind of we were introduced to these the pair Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as construction workers, as rough Boston dudes hammering cinder blocks out of foundations and stuff. Oh, for Goodwill Hunting, yeah, I guess you're right. But I don't know. I super believe Matt Damon in this role and in this look. He fits eerily well in the same way that I would expect. Mark Wahlberg to fit, which, you know, for Kelly, they're indistinguishable. Really? (laughs) But it really speaks to his ability to act and to inhabit a role because this is not who Matt Damon seems to be, but he looks the part. He's got the little gut and the, the weird stiff jeans and his brusque sort of manner. He's kind of a tough guy in this movie, but not like a Jason Bourne agile tough guy. Do you think that he did better justice to Bill than maybe Josh Brolin would have? I think of Matt Damon as kind of a softer, soulful kind of guy who gets jacked and like jumps out windows and stuff when he has to. Whereas Josh Brolin seems like the obvious tough guy who has an undeniable soft spot. Does that make sense? Like the strange tenderness comes through in all the Josh Brolin. It's like his soft-spoken, gentle, giant vibe. (laughs) Uh, I can see that. So they're like the same character, just inverted. Right. And um, Bill does not belong in Marseille, France, walking around and being all different and such. Yeah, the movie does a good job setting up Bill being at home. And did you get it? He was cleaning up disasters. And then he goes to France and the movie does a good job. You know, welcome back. And he definitely looks out of place where he looks so in place in rural America. And then he goes to France and it's like, what is happening? And yet not any less self-possessed. I think he embraces it. Like Virginie says later on, you're being so American right now as a pejorative. And he's like, yeah, thanks. That because I am. (laughs) Right. He's insistent no matter what. He doesn't change one iota. This dude ain't about to learn a lick of French. They're like, welcome back. And he's like, yeah, heads to his room. 
That's always admirable, a character who knows who or who he or she is. Yes, and that came through in the research that Matt Damon did. He went to Oklahoma. Obviously, he's not going to hang out in France a whole bunch because his character is very distinctly American in this French setting. So he went to Oklahoma and hung out with the Roughnecks and went on the rigs, positioned himself to learn as much as he could, and then he adapted everything from their mannerisms to their body type, and he got in a different kind of shape and carries himself differently yeah i definitely believe him in his like like you were saying like his stiff boots and jeans that just being his perpetual uniform in this film yep it's a specific type of boot you only wear like red wing boots or something and see i can't not do the accent it's so weird and they spray their jeans with flame (laughs) retardant and he said when they when you put them on it's like putting on cardboard and it really helps you keep in character why do they spray their jeans with flame retardant? I don't know. Denim is pure cotton, right? That stuff will go up like an oil rig. I don't know. My jeans have never caught on fire. In what context <laughs> is this a risk? You're nowhere near. You're the opposite of an Oklahoma roughneck, which sounds like it's like a, a racist term or something, like an insult, but that they embrace that. Roughneck is like a badge of honor. Yeah, I was thinking about how race and racism plays into this film. Um, It's almost like the filmmakers take the same stance on Bill and his archetype as the people in France do. Like, the film looks at him as being other, just like he's obviously the other when he's in Marseille. I mean, he's also kind of an outcast when he's revealed for who he is because of his association with the daughter, who I'm sure most of France believes is guilty. The film makes fun of him as well. As all of the contexts that he's in, all of the funny contexts that he's in, that he finds himself in, in France. This is going to be weird to say because we're in California, but there's no shortage of this kind of person around us. But these people are ones that you would not look at and think, oh, they should be an actor or they should be a movie star. It's such a stiff caricature that he feels other. He feels distinctly American, but a certain kind of caricaturish American, maybe as perceived by the French. I think the movie is self-aware of his differentness. Yeah. I don't think it portrays him in a negative light. I mean, he's the star of this movie, not the girl. This character of Bill is the central figure, and at best, Allison is supporting, who we really only see a handful of times, even though she is constantly on his mind. We don't get a lot of insight into her prison life, and though the movie kind of hinges on her, on the reveal at the end, we experience that more through Bill or Bill in tandem with his daughter, Allison. Right. When she reveals what happens, she's like, what's wrong with both of us? What's wrong with us? This whole family curse thing that is kind of a thematic. When she comes home, there's a ceremony, but we're still watching Bill, who's carried us along for this whole movie. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, At what point do we talk about Amanda Knox? From everything I've seen and all the all the little stuff that I've watched, aside from viewing this movie, it's either come up as, okay, so Amanda Knox, and they talk about that outright, or it doesn't come up at all. But uh, I'm ready. Well, Stillwater for me was, I'll just give you some context on my on my experience with Stillwater. Stillwater for me was like the master. I fully, full on thought that P.T. Anderson's The Master was the Scientology movie. And even while watching The Master, I was like, so when do we get to the Scientology part? Right. <laughs> And then I realize it's not, it's, you know, it's inspired by, but really has, really has nothing to do with Scientology, literally. And I'm, I'm halfway through watching this movie and realizing that this is taking a lot of liberties or really has nothing to do with the Mananox at all. Right. And 
I mean, obviously, I probably should have known that she was Allison and not Amanda, and this was France instead of Italy. So anyway, I thought that Stillwater was the Amanda Knox movie, and it is not. The notable distinctions in this movie, I'm not sure they were nowhere near different enough to completely distance it from the movie, but Amanda Knox, or the character of Allison, is not the focus. Uh, Matt Damon is pretty far, I think, from Amanda Knox's father, aside from the fact that he did stay in Italy for some time in between visits. They made Allison gay, and they made her ultimately somewhat responsible, which is Amanda Knox's big contention with this movie. She says, who owns my name, my face, my story? who has the right to tell these kinds of things. And she talks about having her reputation tarnished specifically because Allison ends up copping somewhat to responsibility. And Amanda Knox is feeling, hey, if this is trading on my case, this is playing her as guilty, which is never explicitly said because in a weird way, there's a respect for spoilers. Oh, (laughs) Amanda Knox won't spoil Stillwater for people? It's strange. This character is... Not me, because this character is guilty, and I'm not guilty. No one's saying that. And likewise, everything that I've seen, there was one slip-up by Matt Damon that I could find, but everyone else very carefully says a father going overseas to personally investigate the truth behind his daughter being convicted for a crime she says she didn't commit. And only one time does Matt Damon say a crime she didn't commit. Uh. But that careful wording in itself is kind of a spoiler. It's weird. I remember hearing about Stillwater and Matt Damon and Amanda Knox and thinking, oh, that's interesting. They're playing on this case. I wonder how how deep they will go into it. By the time I sat down to watch Stillwater, that was completely out of my head. I had no basis for what this movie was about. It very quickly came back to me, but I didn't know how it was going to resolve. Okay, so you, despite having had the context, you went in kind of blind? Yep. He's cleaning up after a hurricane or a tornado or whatever it is. And then he gets on a plane and he's in France. And you're like, wait, what? What, What's (laughs) happening? Why is that dude of all people in France? And then I was like, oh, right, that's this movie. And then in a strange way, knowing the outcome of the Amanda Knox case, I just assumed. Didn't you assume from the outset that she was innocent? No, I did not. I did not definitely go in assuming that Allison from Stillwater was innocent probably because there's still so much swirl around Amanda Knox and her innocence. I mean, do you think that Amanda Knox is innocent? I mean, obviously because she was convicted in an Italian court, but they talked at length about corruption of justice and the fact that they rushed and tainted the DNA evidence in a really big way. There's always going to stand the fact that she was twice convicted for this murder, but it seems like this was Italian ju- justice system trying to save face for an initially botched investigation. I personally don't think that she is guilty, but it's always going to kind of hang over her head, this idea. No, you are innocent until proven guilty, at least by American standards. And she was twice convicted. And so that's always going to kind of follow her. It's an extraordinary case, none of the finer details of which are explored here. I don't know. They even say it in this film. When all the cops or ex-cops are sitting around and having dinner, one of these rare glimpses that we get into French life that is not from Bill's perspective. What do they say? If it smells like Merd and it looks like Merd, it's Merd? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that. <laughs> it's curious to, as to how much we project on these scenarios. You want someone who's so thoroughly, obviously involved on some level to be guilty. There's a level of sensationalism and satisfaction that comes with that. Likewise, you want Bill to succeed in his mission, I believe, because his conviction and his passion so thoroughly suggests that Allison is innocent. And in fact, when she does admit some level of involvement or guilt, it doesn't sway him one bit. He is as firm in his resolve as his genes. <laughs> Bill was in a lot of situations where he seemingly didn't belong. You know, so some of his confusion and his frustration and a few outbursts of rage came from the fact that people were talking and he was staring. Obviously, it's very important to him to understand what's going on, and he just didn't. He probably could have tried a little bit more, at least at the outset, when he didn't have Virginie as his interpreter, translator, and guide. The fact that it was clear that he was recognized as soon as he got back to France, France suggested he had been there a number of times over five years. Right. Now, unfortunately, as the detective said, you know, are you rich, Mr. Baker? And he said no. One would think that if he were rich, he would have the luxury to hang around town, learn a few of the local stuff, kind of quietly investigate on his own, rather than have to hire someone at top dollar who speaks the language, who doesn't wear that stupid hat and sunglasses every single day. Like, I really think Bill could have blended in much better if he just took off the hat, maybe unbuttoned yeah. the shirt by just the top two buttons, Bill, and untuck it a little bit. You might have fit in better. I was thinking the same thing. Like, when he's pursuing Akeem, uh -huh. it's like, maybe take off the hat that you were wearing when they all beat you down. Right. The only distinguishing feature, because he probably could have fit in if he had just tried a little bit. But Bill was right. not going to give a inch. I'm not sure he was incapable because he was, you know, resolute and, and a determined guy, but it just, he just didn't try. He, it's almost like his Americanness and his insistence at his daughter's innocence prevented him from giving even a little bit to French culture. And the fact that he did eventually come around with Virginie and Maya was maybe indicative of his growth, but it was still pretty slow progress. He wasn't no bamboo in France. He was like a, like a cactus or something. Uh, definitely prickly, but I don't know, soft on the inside? Yeah, I guess so. I would really like to think that he genuinely loved Maya and that he genuinely cared for both her and her mother. But didn't it seem a little bit like him using them for his own redemption and second chance? Didn't you think that he was projecting a little bit of Allison onto Maya? I mean, I suppose that would be the case. I did like how thoroughly these actors embraced their roles. Bill's otherness and Matt Damon going to Oklahoma and really researching. I mean, I'm not sure how far Virginie and Maya were from their actual lives, but they each had their important, unique perspectives. And how would the mom view this uptight American uh, around her daughter and transference? Uh, it seems like she was pretty accepting when Allison was out of prison for the day, you know, right away hugged and, and, you know, sure, grab this murderer by the hand and take her to your room and show her your room and you guys could do each other's nails. It seems like she was accepting, but I think one of the strengths of this movie was its ability to see different perspectives. Bill was starved for affection and release, and he had an ability to communicate and connect with Maya in a way that he couldn't with his own daughter. I think that every roughneck American at heart wants to be the family man. It just doesn't seem very good at the family dynamic sometimes. 
I think that Bill had a hard time communicating until he was removed from everything he knew and just kind of had to negotiate his relationship with Maya and her mom on new unsteady ground. I definitely got the feels when they're all doing the family hug dance. Right. And it's super sweet and you're happy for him. But you know it's not going to end well. And, you know, to the filmmaker's credit, enough time passed that I bought the development of their relationship. It didn't seem forced or it didn't seem unnatural. It kind of evolved from, you know, a mutual kind of need. Her for maybe some help with her daughter and him in his quest and navigating French life. I'm not saying I didn't buy it, but I something felt kind of icky about it. <laughs> that Bill was using them for his own redemption. Uh, I think he was using them in as much as he couldn't do it on his own. But Virginie, the mom, she was in it with eyes wide open. She had no illusions about who he was, what he was out to do. And it did take her a little time to cool towards him after the, you know, the outburst where she said, you, you know, you're being so American right now. But she also had needs that he filled you know he was more than willing to look after the kid when she got the big acting role that she was dreaming of and her being a mom kind of thwarted her commitment to acting a little bit and she still wanted to do it with the weird theater people in her living room and she really wanted to get back out there and so she I think she was using him in a way and I think that she realized that under his gruff exterior, he was gentle enough to be trusted and also to get them cardboard jeans off of at some point. <laughs> it took a while. They had their, their cute little roommate existence that served them both functionally. Right. And then it became something more. Like I said, I, I liked it. I mean, it was sweet. And enough time passed, as you said, but you always knew he was going to come around because I think ultimately what Allison said was true. You got to be careful with my dad. My dad's a fuck up and he's never going to not be a fuck up. And he's just kind of the fuck up dad who steps up when he finds himself in a position he never expected himself to be in. I mean, he's all alone praying over his hungry man dinner or whatever until he goes to France and he's in with this theater lady just by pure circumstance and happenstance. But we knew it was going to come around. What does a roughneck from Oklahoma do when he believes his daughter is innocent and is wrongly convicted of a crime? He goes and does roughneck shit with a bunch of thugs. You knew that it was going to be, he was going to do things the Oklahoma way when it came down to it. (laughs) The vigilante Oklahoma way? Right. I guess you can't fault him for doing what's in his nature, but it's super, super reckless when he takes Maya, especially when he takes Maya to kidnap Akeem. I mean, if he got caught for abducting and and imprisoning this dude in a basement, he could have gone to jail for life for that. Yep. Maybe he had no idea. Maybe he's like, I'm an American. This is in America. This is how we get things done. You do my daughter dirty and you're going to get locked up in the basement, boy. There's an accent. Right. I can't help it. I mean, I I guess the risk was that Akeem would slip into the night and, you know, it would be who knows how long, if ever again, that he would see him. I don't know. It seemed awfully extreme. It's hard to get around it. It's as soft and as sensitive and as motivated, as as justified as Bill may have been in his pursuit for him to imprison somebody in a in a basement tied to a chair with duct tape. Like it's hard to get around that. It's like a tenement building. It wasn't even his basement. Yeah. But the fact that he wasn't caught 
was completely fortuitous. Like he just, he should have been caught. But then when he opens the door, I was like, he's not in there. I don't know why he's not in there, but he's not. And the fact that <laughs> Bill didn't get caught was pure luck, was pure the detective being a step ahead of him, knowing exactly what bullshit this American was going to try to pull. And he was you know, on top of it and saved his bacon, even if Bill never knew it. Wait a second. Are you saying that the detective cleared out Akeem? Yes. Because I don't think that's the case. Yeah, the detective spoke to, nope. he heard some noise or whatever. There was, yeah. he went and investigated, found out where Bill was keeping Akeem, accosted mm -hmm. what's her nuts, Virginia, and said, hey, have you heard anything weird? Anything weird going on? Any mm -hmm. noises? And then he went yeah. down there. It was like this idiot American uh -uh. kidnapped this dude. He cut Akeem nope. loose. Akeem ran away. And then the guy used the DNA evidence, used DNA evidence that he got from Akeem or got from Bill and reported it to the police himself without implicating Bill. Some private detective came forward with some DNA evidence and cracked the case. How else did Akeem get away? Virginie. No, she was, she was yep. as surprised as he was when mm -mm. the cops turned up. No, she was definitely not surprised because she had already prepped Maya. She'd already prepped Maya with her story so that Maya was prepared when the questioning happened to tell the right story. So the detective comes, he's sniffing around. Yes, that's true. But we've already established that Virginie had the key from his laundry. And so the detective definitely tips her off. But I think it's Virginie who is down to the basement, finds Akeem, gets him out, who knows how, cleans up, you know, the pee or the food or the evidence. And then by the time they all get upstairs, you know, she's she's seeing from the window, presumably, that they're down there. This is going down. She's preparing Maya and her story. And when they get up there, she's not surprised. She's ready for this moment. And she's probably hating herself a little bit for covering for Bill. But she loves him. What she's What is she going to do? Are you sure that it was Virginie covering up for Bill and not the private detective and not Colonel Mustard in the basement with the pipe? <laughs> What motivation does the detective have to cover for Bill? He says to his face. He already has the DNA sample. Yeah, don't do anything stupid. If you do something stupid, it is a felony and you will go to prison even if your daughter is released. Why then does Virginie say to Bill, did you ask her to lie? Uh, she's trying to understand why Maya didn't tell her sooner. You know, it also validated everything that she knew, perhaps knew from Allison's warning about Bill, that he's... That this is in his nature, it's not going to change. And also, after an incident like this, he can't stay in France. So the relationship is essentially over. Hello, is this Kelly Ray? Yes. Hello, Kelly Ray. This is your beloved fiancé, Wesley, here with my sister Iris for Or Whatever Movies. What up? What up? <laughs> Today, we are discussing Stillwater. So we have reached an impasse, Iris and I. Okay. So Matt Damon has dude in the basement to get him to confess to the murder, ostensibly. No. What? He's just holding him until he gets the DNA results. Yeah, he's just holding him. He's just making sure he doesn't go anywhere. Okay, got it. And then the police show up and they take him downstairs and they're totally going to catch him in the act of containing that dude, but the dude is gone. Right? Mm -hmm. Who yeah. let the dude out? Who let the dude out? Who? Who? Hmm, who? Who? The mom. That's Iris's position, right? Yes. Virginie obviously lets him out and then goes and covers for him by coaching the little girl to lie. I don't know if she coached 
the little girl to lie. Well, the moment that the inspector walks out of the apartment, the girl's like, so uh, he's gone? Or like, you know, she obviously knew that she was lying. Mm-hmm. I'm if not was... sure if the mom knew at that point that the little girl knew. You guys are telling me that the private investigator didn't glean from Bill's character that he, he was did. keeping that no, he dude. Totally did. Right, he but did. then he went. He did, and he went, and he inspected, and he confirmed that his suspicions, his fears, were true. And then he tipped off the inspector because the detective guy, the PI, had no obligation to Matt Damon. He was simply trying to see justice served in a more humane, less crazy way. He's the one that tipped off the inspector, the PI. But yeah, before doing that, he went downstairs broke open the door or whatever and got that guy out of there and released him. No. But he had no allegiance. He ha- Virginie is the one who has motivation to protect Matt She Damon. was totally surprised when the cops came into her apartment. No, look, there's no reason why that inspector dude would have let the guy out and then also reported it. So who are you officially siding with, Iris or the person who put the ring on your finger? The inspector didn't let the guy out. I'm not 100% sure it was the mom, but it definitely wasn't the inspector. (sighs) Well, somebody let the kid out, and I don't think it was Matt Damon, because we were in suspense just as he was when they opened the door and the kid wasn't there anymore. Right. Okay, so your consensus is virginie, and I think that is nonsense, but I am overruled by the majority here at Or Whatever Movies. (laughs) I'm glad that we can always turn to you for good sense, Kelly. I'm usually to be counted upon for that. Yes. Thank you for your time. Okay. Don't call me at work, man. Okay, goodbye. Okay, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Is Bill a bad guy? Do his failings and his trappings prevent him from being a good father figure to Maya? Does he not deserve to be left alone with her? I don't think he's a threat to her. Well, I mean, actually, I don't know. I think it's very clear that the filmmakers want us to to know and believe that Bill's heart is in the right place. But we know what they say about good intentions. Rough neck, rough heart. <laughs> I'm just saying he puts Maya and Virginie and his daughter to a certain extent in some pretty uncomfortable situations. This movie didn't have a lot to do with Allison or Akeem or the murder. And in fact, when it's she is revealed, it seemed almost like an afterthought. I felt like the movie was well done at that point. And even the circumstances of how Akeem got away, which we disagree on, seemed like it was completely secondary to Bill having to leave Marseille and Virginie and Maya behind. The real tragedy. I wanted him to succeed in exonerating his daughter, but more I wanted him not to be the closed-minded, gruff, I don't care if that guy is a racist, I don't care if some boy does go to jail for the murder because my daughter is innocent, you know? I don't care. I deal with guys like him all the time. His morality was always a little bit questionable, but you wanted it not to be. You wanted him to really connect with Maya and to ultimately have a relationship with Virginie and to drop some of this guard and just be a good person. The good person that seemed like is that propelled him on the mission to exonerate his daughter in the first place. I think you're right in the sense that by the time we get to the reveal, the conversation between Bill and Allison at the end where she reveals that she admits to um, what Bill has already put together about her involvement, her implication in the murder. 
the driving narrative is done. But it is an important character button for the filmmakers to leave us with because if we ever questioned Bill's unconditional love for his daughter, then that was all put to rest. Yes. I mean, it did have to tie up that loose end. Yeah, I guess. I mean, she admits to her involvement and he loves her. He still loves her. And maybe that's what makes me look back on her relation, his relationship with Virginie and Maya a little differently. It's like it was always about Allison for Bill. And he could have really screwed up Virginie and Maya's lives along the way. Yep. So in the end, he and Allison have each other. And perhaps, you know, that's the life that they're best suited for. And um, Bill seems to have some perspective on his time in France, that it was good at the time and still, and that memory is still good. And now it's in the past. And perhaps this is the reality. This is the existence that Bill deserves, continuing to be an outcast where he fits in and with his daughter, with whom he is a kindred spirit. Yep. All alone again in Oklahoma, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, with his murderer daughter. Is that better than being with Virginie and Maya and her being in a French prison? Maybe it's just what he deserves. It Maybe it is. And in a different movie, I think, and maybe some part of me was expecting him to be praying over his hungry man when there's a knock at the door. Virginie <laughs> buys a ticket, coached, and brings the daughter. And he's like, all right, come on in. You want some Oreos? We got some Ho-Hos. For a moment, I was hopeful that it was Virginie sitting on his front porch. Yes, I hoped and expected that to be the case also. So, I mean, Stillwater took a surprising turn for me that ultimately I found happily found myself in a place I didn't expect to be, and that's where I wanted to stay. I viewed that life for Bill as a better life. It's just not the real life. He just doesn't belong in the sunset European Wearing a beret. Dinner Never going to trade shot. in that hat, that Ashton Kutcher hat. So in that sense, it becomes a real, it becomes a serious movie. It's not a fantasy. It still causes me to, I still have some questions as to why this movie exists. And if it trades a little too heavily on the Amanda Knox story in context, you know, if it isn't the Amanda Knox story, then it has to have some real themes or it has to have some real weight to it. And all I can take from it is that unconditional love and coming from the right place counts for a lot. Yep. And for that reason, I liked Stillwater. I thought it was good. Uh, I like Tom McCarthy. We we didn't review Spotlight, as a matter of fact, but we've discussed message movies that he's done, in that one in particular. This is not a message movie, I don't think. It's much more a human drama where the political or criminal message is secondary. And so what do you think? I liked everyone involved. Uh, nice to see Abigail Breslin taking on an adult role where she swears a lot. And uh, all around satisfying and all right. A little bit too much controversy surrounding it and a couple of things a little bit too unclear to give it like an outright totally, but definitely a solid all right movie. And there you got it. A solid all right from Wes and a good from Iris. This is our review on Still Water, available on VOD or in theaters. Let us know what you think. What's our number, Wes? 818-835-0473. Or email us at... Or whatever movies at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and your support, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. 
Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.